And then I felt this immediate impact to my knee. Like my knees were just like, boom. And I'm like, did I just apologize for them being inconsiderate? Welcome to Well Shit. It really is that simple. I'm Claire. And I'm Serena. On this podcast, we help you to understand about your 12 universal needs, why they are currently not being well met, how to meet them in ways that work for you, and how to consistently do so in quick, easy, and simple ways that fit seamlessly into your life. We'll also help you to understand how doing so will have a positive ripple effect in literally every area of your life. If you like what you hear, sign up for more support with meeting your needs with your weekly Universal Needs Notes at theuniversalneeds.com. And enjoy the show. Hello, hello, hello. Hey, everyone. And welcome to the first Inner Apology mini-series. This, uh, today's episode is all about when an apology actually damages needs. Now, the reason we wanted to do this little mini-series is that <clears throat> I don't think that many people realize how closely connected apologies and needs are. Um, we've the, the next two episodes, actually, that we're going to be recording are episodes that have come from requests from our community for things that, that people actually wanted to hear. Like people who are listening wanted us to record these episodes. So it's a, it's a quick reminder to say, if you want us to record an episode, if you've got a question, something you're struggling with, feel free to reach out to us. You can get us um, via the Universal Needs on Facebook. You can get us on Instagram. You can get us on Twitter. You can go via the universalneeds.com page. However you want to find us, send us your questions, send us your challenges, and we'll do what we can to record a podcast episode in order to respond. So these are things that people have actually asked us for. Um, but the thing um, that for me is that I, I this episode was one that I wanted to do because it was something I see a lot with clients. I see coming up, uh, coming up a lot in conversations around needs. And it's something I don't think many people would have thought of. I don't think people would realize the connection between apology and needs and how it could work against an apology or against the intention of apology um, rather than actually support it. Now, before we start off, the challenge with apologies is that most people believe that an apology is just the word sorry. Um, but it's not. And we're going to go into that in way more detail in the next episode. Um, but the reason that an apology is needed and necessary is because something has happened that impacts somebody's needs. So what is an apology? So there's a definition of apology that we use in our work um, that might be helpful for to kind of give context to what we're about to share today. And that is an apology is acknowledging, addressing, and making amends for the needs that have been negatively impacted by a behavior choice or action and a commitment to doing everything possible to avoid it being repeated in the future. I'm going to say that again. An apology is acknowledging, addressing, and making amends for the needs that have been negatively impacted by a behavior choice or action and a commitment to doing everything possible to avoid it being repeated in the future. It has to be both. All of those things have to be in there for an apology to be effective. Now, <clears throat> what is an apology not? That's a lot easier. An apology is not further harming the person that you're trying to apologize to. Um, so it, it was really important for us to kind of, before we even get into today's content, it was like, let's be clear on what an apology is and on what an apology isn't. There are actually a number of situations where apologizing to someone um, or where somebody who's attempting to apologize actually further impacts 
someone's needs, the person that they are apologizing to. Um, some examples of this is apologizing if I did something rather than from what you've actually done and the impact it has. Right. By saying if it actually leaves room for the possibility that something wasn't done or didn't happen. Yeah. It's not if, it's that. I'm going to repeat it again. It's not if I did something, I'm going to apologize that I did something. Mm-hmm. I, it's not, I apologize if I hurt you. No, I know I hurt you. I apologize that I hurt you. Right. It avoids acknowledging and taking responsibility for what they did and the impact of that. And a further example of that is I'm apologizing if I offended you. I apologize that I offended you, not if. There isn't a question there. You're offended. I'm apologizing that that happened. Right, and actually I'm gonna add a little something to this um, that we haven't planned to add in, but hey, that's what I do. Um, is that the other thing that's really helpful here is to actually apologize for what was actually, what actually happened, what it was that you did. So when you were looking at those two examples there, I apologize if I hurt you, or versus I apologize that I hurt you, I apologize that I said this, or I apologize that I did this. Um, the same thing is um, with the, offense, uh, with the uh, offense piece, it's like, not I'm apologizing if I offended you, I apologize that I did or said that, and that was offensive to you. Like that, it's you're apologizing for what has actually happened, rather than the challenge with the word if, is it leaves room for the possibility that, well, if, Maybe it didn't, therefore. Um, and that leaving that room for that possibility means that you're not really fully understanding what has happened and the impact of it. Um, and something that's kind of very similar, that kind of like sits off the back of that, is apologizing for how somebody else feels. Now, this happened, I've seen this so much, especially when I was doing the relationship work. Uh, I worked as a relationship specialist for many, many years. And um, uh, I'm, I'm, I apologize that you get this 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 theory that people think that apologizing for how somebody else is feeling is acknowledging in some way what's going on and it's really not because the thing is this is not acknowledging what happened or our responsibility for it um the thing about it is our emotions as we've known we've mentioned before and we will certainly mention again in the future there are a way of processing our experience uh, and by apologizing for the way somebody else feels it's almost suggesting that either they shouldn't be processing it or how they're processing it is wrong um People, I think, often think that by apologizing, we're, we're acknowledging or empathizing with how somebody's feeling. And that's not true. If you want to acknowledge how somebody, like, I, could, I, I, I see that you're hurt right now. I, I understand. I hear you that you're upset right now. Like, if you, someone said that I'm upset. Uh, or empathizing with them saying, oh, I'm, like, I, I understand why you would feel that way. I'd feel the same way in the same circumstances. That's what empathizing and acknowledging is. When you say, I'm sorry, for how you're, I'm sorry you're, uh, about your feelings. I'm sorry for how you're feeling right now. That's not the same thing. And the thing about it is acknowledgement is one of the trunk needs. Um, it's, it's relevant to our internal well-being. It sits in the, 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 the trunk, the intrinsic needs of the universal needs tree. Um, so our internal well-being relies on us being acknowledged now. Does it have to necessarily be by another person? Not always. So there are other ways of meeting that need. But when we try and apologize and we we skip that acknowledgement um, or we try to do an acknowledgement, but in doing so, we actually seem to be criticizing in some way the fact that somebody is feeling the way that they are, then it's not helpful. So a, a quick alternative for this, and obviously you said, we're going to go, to go into detail into what an apology actually looks like tomorrow. Uh, tomorrow? <laughs> 
Have we switched to a daily podcast? I don't know what he told me. In the next podcast episode, we're going to be going into to more detail on that. But just a quick example for this one could be something like, I'm sorry for what I did and that it impacted your needs, uh, which led to you feeling the way that you are. Uh, and that apology is still nowhere near complete. Um, stay tuned for the next episode for that. But that at least is saying, I'm sorry for what I did. I'm sorry that it impacted your needs. And that led to you feeling the way that you do do now. You can still be sorry that somebody is feeling the way that they are without apologizing for their feelings. There's a big difference between the two. Apologizing is also not done as a means to make your point or to justify uh, reasons for what you did. Right. Because this makes it about your agenda and you. You don't want to center yourself in an apology. The apology is about the other person. Mm -hmm. You're not trying to make your actions right or justified. And it doesn't put the focus on the harm person, which it needs to be. So we want to take ourselves out of it. And we're apologizing to the person. We're not trying to justify. We're not trying to make... Um, our actions right. It's, I did this, I'm apologizing for this. Absolutely. Um, And one of the biggest things that an apology isn't is just saying sorry. Because just saying sorry, there's no acknowledgement of why you're saying sorry, of what you did, of that it was your responsibility or what the impact was. It's missing a lot of the important information that demonstrates that you understand what happened and why and also therefore gives some reassurance that it's not going to happen again in the future. Sorry alone doesn't mean anything and we'll get into that in a little bit more depth uh, later in this little mini series. Um, It shows no understanding of here's what the problem was, here's why it happened, here's what the impact was and here's the commitment I'm making to change and improving to ensure that doesn't happen in the future again in the future. So that sorry alone, even though it's used a lot and it's overused and it's often considered, oh, well, I've said sorry, the expectation is that's the end of the conversation or that's the end of the situation. That is not the case and this is why. Um, sorry as a way to feel better about something you've done without the intent or action to change that behavior, the behavior is going to repeat and those needs will be impacted again. That's not an apology. An apology isn't just a way to feel better about you. Mm -hmm. It's to make amends for the situation that actually happened. And it's very similar to the previous point. But in addition, you're using the sorry to meet your needs at the cost of the other person's because it's done to make you feel better, not to actually apologize and rectify what happened. And address the needs that have been impacted in the other person. Mm -hmm. So the other thing um, that causes a problem is when sorry is used as an avoidance technique. So um, this is about where it's used to avoid addressing what actually needs to be addressed. As, As we said previously, a lot of people believe that sorry equals the end of the situation and indicates moving on from it but the issue with that is it avoids doing the work for us to need to learn and do better to prevent it from happening again because so often people say I'm sorry um, but without that intention to not do it again it doesn't feel like you're actually that sorry because if you're genuinely sorry about what has happened you're genuinely sorry for the impact that you've had to another person then there's this internal motivation to want to change, to want to stop doing that in the future, to want to improve. And without that, sorry can be used as an avoidance technique. So I'm going to avoid dealing with this difficult situation. I'm just going to say sorry. That'll be the end of it. That's not necessarily the case. In fact, it's never the case. No, it isn't. And it's used so often. I, I 
constantly hear that I'm like no you're nothing is happening from this right this is not helping at all (laughs) um another area where it it's not an apology is sorry when it's not needed I think as a culture we are conditioned into sorry as kind of just a a natural response sorry sorry Mm -hmm. sorry Sometimes it's not needed when you've done nothing wrong and you're just placating somebody else or you're apologizing for just being present. Sometimes that will happen. That not only, um, I mean, it's just, it's not an apology that needs to happen, so it's ineffective, but it's undermining your needs, your value need when you're apologizing for something that you didn't even do. That there's an internal dialogue that you may be unconscious of that's telling you if you're apologizing for something that's not your fault or something that done. didn't happen, yeah. it's you're under you're up undermining and uprooting your own needs. And also this can be used <clears throat> the part of the reason that I think that it's 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 undermining their needs is because what you're saying in effect is that you're prioritizing the other person's feelings over your needs in yes. that moment. So you're saying how they feel and them being comfortable or them uh, not not feeling uncomfortable or not feeling blamed or criticized or what have you is more important than my need to feel acknowledged and to be respected etc cetera, etc. Cetera. Mhm. So uh, another thing, uh, another instance where apologizing actually damages needs is where you're apologizing just to save your own ass. Um, So especially in the climate that we're currently living in, there is a lot more um, focus and people are paying attention to what people are doing and saying far more. And so people are are getting called out for things that are not okay in a way that they weren't. 10, 15, 20 years ago, I mean, even five years ago in some respects, like people are starting to get more comfortable saying, actually, you know what, that's not okay. And then that leading to consequences for the person who's done the not okay thing. So a lot, you see, we see this a lot in celebrity culture where somebody knows that they're going to get called out for something. And actually what they're doing is they're apologizing way too late the apology is often ineffective and insincere, and they're just doing it to try to save their own ass. Um, and the reason that this is an issue is that a, a lot of people um, have talk about this idea of quote unquote cancel culture, and they criticize it like it's a bad thing. The thing about it is it's not cancel culture. What we're actually talking about is consequence culture, which is saying that if you do something that is not okay, that there will be a consequence for that. Someone will call you out, and then people will make a decision decision over what they want, how they want to engage with you. Do they want to engage with you? Do they want you on your their TV screens? Do they want you uh, on your on radio shows? Do they want you in magazines? If that's how you're behaving. And the thing, the difference between the the idea of cancel culture and the the um, the reality that is consequence culture is that often people think, oh, nobody can make a mistake. The second you make a mistake, that's it. You're cancelled, and that's it. You're done, and you're um, it's, it's there's nothing you can do about it. Now, what I will say is that it's um, the, when it comes to consequence culture, it's really more about how the situation is dealt with. It depends on the circumstances. It depends on the extremity of the situation. If the if the situation that we're talking about is so extreme that people just think, no, nope, it doesn't really matter the fact that you're apologizing right now. It doesn't matter that you don't mean it or that you're, you're trying to learn how to do better. What you did was so awful and harmful that actually we don't want a part of you in our reality anymore. We don't want to be engaging with you, your content, your business, your company, whatever it is. 
Um, so if something is very extreme um, or extreme enough, let's put it that way, if something is significant enough, then it may be that actually it's a, a what you one and done kind of thing. You've, you've made your mistake and it was so bad that actually people don't want to engage with you anymore. But more often than not, the consequences come because of how somebody deals with it or doesn't deal with it when they find themselves in that situation. So if they don't give an effective apology, if they make it about um, a perception or about their, the other person's feelings or um, they apologize if something happened as opposed to the fact that that something happened. If they don't take responsibility, if they don't try to make amends, it's to do with how they deal with the situation and the quote unquote mistake or um, error that they've made. Um, that really is normally what leads to the consequences. And quite often it's not a one and done thing. Quite often people have want them to apologize. They want to see them doing better, but actually that's not what happens in reality. And when how they've dealt with something has been so painfully ineffective and actually how the apology is done sometimes does more harm to needs like we were talking about in today's episode. That's when the people go to the point of like, you know what, actually, I don't want to have anything more to do with this person again. What they've done, they've not made amends. They don't seem to be learning. They're not doing better. And at that point, the consequences, I don't want to engage with them, their content, their um, uh, their business, their product, their personal brand, whatever it is going forward. Actually, I don't want this anymore because it's not something that uh, I want to support based on how this situation has been dealt with. Claire mentioned something really important in that, and that is perception. Something, um, an apology can actually hurt your needs if you're apologizing for something, for how something is perceived versus how it actually happened. And I just sort of make a quick qualification mm -hmm. there, just clarification. It can it can um, negatively impact needs, not necessarily your needs, they may be somebody else's needs as well, but this is another example of something that will uh, that can impact and damage needs. Yeah, Sorry. thank you for making that clarification because sure. it is easy to, or sometimes it's hard to figure out where the, the, the harm is. The harm is yeah. Because a lot of times it is a mutual harm mm -hmm. if you're, if you're harming somebody else's needs, you're actually harming your own needs. That interconnectedness. I was gonna say something, but my uh, censored brain popped in. <laughs> Doesn't happen often, folks, but it did that time. Um, but what this actually does, it, it appears to put the responsibility on the person perceiving it, not the person actually doing the harm. So it's a way of the person who's done the harm avoiding responsibility for doing the harm, which it, makes the entire apology just null and void pretty much yeah it's like oh i'm sorry you perceived it that way mm, that's putting the responsibility elsewhere rather than owning it for yourself um and so the, the the final example we're giving today and this is not an exhaustive list by any stretch of the imagination there are lots of other examples of this as well another way that uh, an apology can damage or uh, negatively impact needs is um apologizing for the intent rather than the impact so what do we mean by that? So when somebody does something and they didn't mean to do it, they didn't intend to do it, the apology tends to focus on, oh, well, I didn't mean to do it, rather than actually focusing on what the impact that was had was. So let's look at a, a, like a silly example, um, not silly, 
an extreme example, shall we say. Uh, if you are, if somebody, you've been in a car and you've reversed over somebody by mistake, you didn't mean to do it, that wasn't your intention. But actually, whether or not you intended to do it, obviously if you intended to do it, that's a little bit worse. But the reality is that the impact to them, the extent to which their body is injured, the amount of time um, and um, depending where you are in the world, money and um, resources it will take to heal and to get better and get back to, and if they are able to, because they may not be able to recover fully, that doesn't change depending on the on the intent. And so often we get told to we get taught to focus on what's the intention. Was it meant? Was it intentional? Did I mean to do this or did I not mean to do it? When in actual fact, the focus really needs to be more on the impact. What actually happened? What was the impact to the person who was harmed? Um, and the thing about it is, is the fo focus on intent tends to be another way that the person who is quote unquote apologizing is trying to feel better. It's trying to meet their needs by feeling better about what's been done. So it's like, well, if I didn't mean to, the focus being on the fact that you didn't mean to, you look better in that light than focusing on taking responsibility for the impact that actually took place and the harm that was done to the other person. So if I... <laughs> If I walk up and punch Serena in the face, I go, oh, I didn't mean to punch you in the face. <laughs> um, I can guarantee you that that's less effective as an apology and it does harm to her needs because I'm basically like ignoring the fact that I've actually negatively impacted her. I've harmed her. Oops, sorry. Yeah, whoops, didn't mean to punch you in the face. Like, not that that's something that I do. <laughs> Let's just clarify here. But if I said to her, oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to do that versus I'm so sorry that I did that. I totally take responsibility that was my bad um I, I can see and I can see like your nose out joint or whatever it is I can see the impact in more ways than one more, yeah, exactly like um it, what can I do to help is there something we can do like can I uh, can I pay your medical expenses to go and get like fix it like what those those sorts of things so that's the thing is that like when we apologize for the intent we actually miss out a lot that's necessary in terms of acknowledging the harm done to the other person and putting our focus again on the other person, not on ourselves. So one of the examples where we see this often is, um, well, Claire and I see it as women. We've been conditioned to apologize all the time, even when we haven't done anything wrong. Mm -hmm. And uh, this is you know, we see this with women who apologize when they uh, bump into when people bump into them. Right. And I actually came across a situation like this last night. Mm -hmm. And I was walking down the street with my husband, and we came across um, two gentlemen. And we moved into single file, and these two men continued to walk towards us, shoulder to shoulder, taking up the entire sidewalk. They saw us coming, mm -hmm. but. As we moved into single file, they refused they to yield. <laughs> they refused to. They refused to do anything or except accommodate or like try and yeah do anything. Do yeah. anything. Yeah. So I had to kind of step sideways through them and wiggle through, and I was like, sorry. And then I felt this immediate impact to my knee. Like my knees were just like boom. And I'm like, did I just apologize for them being inconsiderate and for mm -hmm. me having to accommodate them not wanting to move? And it just clicked back to this example because we had the general example. And I'm like, well, shit, like uh, this happened just last night, just last night. Yeah. I mean, well, shit, it is that simple. Like it's right there and we do it. And I, I still catch myself doing that kind of stuff in that conditioning. Yeah. And I'm like, no, <laughs> just, Serena, stop. stop. <laughs> yeah. 
Well, and it's and it's and and it happens in so many ways. I mean, we apologize for having an opinion. We apologize sometimes for knowing more than other people do. Oh, as in like when we have a better like experience or knowledge about something, and we apologize for correcting somebody when we know that they're not right because it's our area of expertise. I mean, it happens so frequently in so many ways that often we don't even notice it happening. Um, like it's just that we're just so ingrained in us. Um, but when we do that, we basically negatively impact our needs. We're saying we're, we're, it means that we, it looks like we're apologizing for existing, mm -hmm. for being there, for having our own needs, for having the need that we need enough space to walk down the sidewalk as do you. Like mm -hmm. you're not saying I want to take up the whole sidewalk. You're saying let's accommodate each other so there's space for both of us. And you tried to make it so that you took up no space and then apologized for it. So, it, and this happens all the time. I'm sorry I'm on the sidewalk at the same time as right. you. That's I'm sorry the, I'm on your sidewalk. <laughs> yeah, I, and it's it's hard when you see it happen for yourself. And it's almost, you know, we talked about in the last episode kind of calling yourself into things. And it's like, I mean, I kind of had to call myself into that moment and be yeah. like, no, like, stop, like, stop that. Like, get it in there. No. Right. Like, well, you know what an apology is and that and that actually in a sense undermines their needs too because that's not teaching them anything and they're just going to keep repeating that harm and right. vicious cycle around and around. Absolutely. And the thing about it is is that we know as as women that it's not always safe to to hold your hold your own and no. to um, keep your space and to um, speak up. And so sometimes that apology is coming because we don't live in a safe society and it's our way of trying to keep ourselves safe in a situation. Otherwise, it could go sideways. Mm -hmm. um, like it's trying to find a, a way of doing that. That doesn't mean to say that it's okay though. And it doesn't mean to say that we, that we shouldn't have to apologize in those situations. And sometimes it's a momentary, okay, my security need is more important right now than the value need or because again security is lower down on the universal needs tree so actually my need to stay physically safe in this situation is the higher need right now it's higher prioritization but then what will end up happening is we then can go through a process of processing what's just happened of like actually I've got some feelings about the fact that I had to apologize when I shouldn't I felt like I had to apologize to say stay safe when actually I should never have had to apologize in the first place so we can then process our emotional experience expression need and we can acknowledge ourselves we can empathize we can speak to a girlfriend who's going to get it and we can speak to them and, and get that acknowledgement from somewhere else and we can go remind ourselves of our value need of actually no I deserve to not need to apologize for for just existing and I I deserved for someone to be as as um, considerate of my needs as I was considerate of theirs so there are ways around these situations I just wanted to kind of highlight that there are some times in which it's not possible for us to take to prioritize that need because there's another need that that's more fundamental and, and more up at that time and then we're going to need to process sometimes the fact that we've gone through that because that's not okay sorry that wasn't planned but that just came out <laughs> it's like, important though yes, nonetheless exactly like. exactly so um there's a couple of examples that i've got as well um there's a very famous one that a lot of people um have been aware of um in not the not so not so recent past which was uh justin timberlake's um and i'm going to say 
quote unquote apologies around the situation with Britney Spears and the situation with Janet Jackson. So um, Justin originally, uh, for those of you who don't know, um, uh, I'm not from the US and I knew so I'm, I'm <laughs> but I'm going to leave room for the, the possibility that there are some people who won't know what happened. So um, Justin was in a relationship with Britney and how he navigated that relationship was done in such a way that made him look like the good guy and her look like the bad guy. And it cause huge issues for um, her career, for her personal life, and actually just how she was portrayed in the media and therefore what she was dealing with in terms of the paparazzi. Um, it, he, his behavior amplified the situation that she, she was in and it acted more to her detriment and the fact that she then ended up in the conservatorship and like that there is, for those, anyone who knows that story well, there was a part that he played in making that situation far worse than it was. Am I saying he's responsible for it in its entirety? No. Did he absolutely um, make it worse? Absolutely, yes. So, um, and so that, that's that's kind of the first part of the puzzle. And then um, the Super Bowl, I'm trying to think what year it was. It was like early 2000s, wasn't it? Um, 2000 and. Four. Three, four. It was somewhere around there, yeah. Um, uh, Justin Timberlake and Janet Jackson did the Super Bowl halftime party. Halftime party, halftime <laughs> show. I mean, it's a bit of a party as well. Um, and um, the 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 lyrics to the the uh, the final, I think it was the final song they did, mm -hmm. was I'm going to have you naked by the end of this show. And when he did that, he did a, the, there was like a, a reveal, like a pull away on uh, on her costume that revealed uh, one of her breasts with um it had like a I don't know if it was pasty or like a, there was, it was like a little it was an it was a nipple ornament yes exactly um is the best way of describing yeah. it um and she was um they I mean there was a big uproar it was interesting actually because I actually flew into um New York the day after that Super Bowl um and I remember everywhere everyone was talking about what happened at the super bowl the wardrobe Every, malfunction the wardrobe malfunction everyone was talking about J janet jackson everyone was talking about justin timberlake but because the assumption was everybody knew what had happened because most of the country were watching it and if they hadn't they probably saw the news nobody was actually saying what had happened and i'm like what happened? Like, like a good couple of hours it took me to find somebody to go, could you tell me what actually happened at the Super Bowl last night? Because I'm seeing all of this coverage everywhere I'm going, but nobody explained what had actually happened. So um, there was a big, big uproar, big backlash. And they both received consequences for it. But Janet way, way worse than Justin did. And Justin apologized at the time. And I actually only recently just found out his apology was part of his condition of his appearance. I think it was at the Grammys. Um, it was one of the award ceremonies afterwards. So he was apologizing to meet his needs to be at the award show, which automatically undermines it. The fact that there was something in it for him and that somebody else put that condition on him means it doesn't feel like an authentic and genuine apology. Um, and just based on how she, the, 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 I mean, it, in effect, kind of ended her career in a way. Um, I mean, certainly changed it. Yes, and has pa has paused it, and we're talking. Yeah, still currently. Yeah, not back to. And it, I mean, it damaged it beyond repair at the time. And whether there's there whether is there's more to the story, and she does come back. 
we can only hope. Um, but yeah, it, it caused irreparable uh, damage to her career. And he didn't suffer the same consequences that she did. Now, we can get into the, the reasons for that and the differences between men and women, how we're perceived in our society and what's expected of women and men and blah, blah, blah. We can get, we, we will get into that, I'm sure, on future episodes because it's a topic we like to talk about at times. Um, but suffice to say that his apology, because it came at the demand of somebody else and he wasn't going to get something unless he made that apology, immediately undermines its feeling of being genuine and authentic. And then uh, I think it was last year, um, maybe, or in the last couple of years, he made a, an apology and it was kind of a blanket apology um, uh, to about the Britney and the Janet situations kind of all in one go. And it was uh, on the back of the Britney Spears documentary. I think it was for the For the Record um, documentary. It was off the back of that. Um, but here's the thing is that after that amount of time and given the devastating effects that his actions had or contributed to, both in Britney's life and in Janet's life, it's that very much it's too little, too late. But also with the with the conversation coming back to the to the front again, with people like with the documentaries, and there have been new innumerable other documentaries since on the since for the record, um, he knew people we're going to be talking about this again. He knew that there was going to be a spotlight back on him again because he had a part to play in both of those situations. And this was yet again another example of someone doing too little, too late. The apology wasn't effective when it actually um, was articulated. But in reality, it seemed to just be him trying to save his own ass because we now, in the difference between now and when we go back to when the incident with Janet happened or when the um, the incidents with uh, Brittany happened, we're now in a time where he will get called out for that. And if, uh, if people believe that he has done something that is not okay and he has not dealt with it effectively, that's when that consequence culture will kick in and people say, actually, I don't want to have anything to do with this guy. I don't want to buy his music. I don't want to watch his movies because I don't agree with how he's behaved and I don't think he's done a good enough job in actually making amends for it. So that's a like a kind of a more um, celebrity, mainstream, media-focused one. Uh, and there are, I mean, there are a million of others. I mean, you just got to go and Google worst celebrity apologies of all time. <laughs> I actually did it the other day and it's kind of horrifying um, some of the things that you find out about people. The stories that I had, I'd missed that I hadn't, I'm like, whoa, they did what? And that's what they said about it? And that's how they tried to apologize? Not okay. This was actually one of the examples that really got me to understand what an apology is not because I remember talking to Claire about this couple of months ago and I was like, oh, I'm so glad to hear JT apologize. I heard- You just watched the Janet I watched the Janet documentary yeah. and I was like, oh, look at him showing up. And then it's like, think about that. <laughs> Where- I'm like, I, th I think initially I just kind of cocked my head to the side and I'm yeah. like, mm. Yeah, and then I was like, uh-huh. And you were like, uh-uh. Uh, and it's like, okay, 2003, 2004, we're in, I mean, we're almost 10 years later. Yeah, yeah, no, like, then it clicked. I'm like, oh, well, fuck you. <laughs> like, <laughs> if that had happened at the time, like immediately off the back of it, and it had been an effective apology, okay. Think of how many times we do that with celebrity. We're like, oh, well, they apologize with our own families, our friends, mm -hmm. our coworkers. But they said they were sorry or picking sides, picking, right? We'll have to do a podcast about that at some point. Right. Because, <laughs> yes, yeah, we could go, we could go deep with there. But people are like, oh, well, the person apologized. 
What's the full story, though? Right. Why did they apologize? What was the apology? I could say, as we've said, I could say sorry. Mm-hmm. That is not an apology. Oh, well, they said sorry. Yeah. And? And what's the context, you're right, of the apology? Like, what were the circumstances around that time? So would Justin have apologized had it not been for that documentary? I don't think he would have. Um, if um, and if and even if he'd apologized at that point, once the f- the further documentaries came out about the situation with Brittany, um, the conversation and the um, documentary came out about Janet, like um, like at that point, I think there was an element of. Uh, he appears to have been very good at PR this whole time. Like he's had a good PR team behind him who've been trying to um, get him to deal with things in a way that's going to mitigate any fallout for him and his brand. And I think that's what was happening here was people like people saw the writing on the wall. Hold on a second. There's um, this is coming back around again. And if we don't get out ahead of it, if we don't apologize now, even though it wasn't ahead of it, because it was already after one of the documentaries. But like, if you, if you like timing wise, or if he'd waited until another couple of documentaries had come out, it would have been slammed even more. And the reality is that you, you have to look at the, how people are responding, not just fans of Justin, but look at the people who are also um, looking at it from Britney's perspective or looking at it from Janet's perspective. Because you have to also understand the context of what happened to them and what happened to them versus what happened to him was night and day. And so just a little, I'm sorry, 10 years later to try and cover his ass, not really good enough. Not saying that he's not sorry, but not enough. Yeah. And <laughs> it's like that whole thing of like what it's, it's not about especially in those sorts of situations. So often there's a, there appears to be a self-serving reason. I remember the, um, the apology, again, quote unquote apology, uh, that Kevin Spacey made. There was a clear bid to try and get his job back on House of Cards. Um, and it's like, if there's a self-serving reason for it, then again, it undermines that genuine and authenticness. Um, it's like, where is it coming from? Has it come from the person who says, whoa, I've realized I've done wrong and what am I going to do to make amends for it? Because there's a bunch of different things you could do. I mean, I'm just thinking off the top of my head of like things that other celebrities have done to do the right thing. And I think that's what it comes down to. It's like, am I doing it to save my ass or am I doing it because this is the right thing to do and I need to make sure that I'm a part of making this right. Um, I saw, um, uh, it was a while about that um, Benedict Cumberbatch, for example, um, said that he would not take any more roles unless his female co-stars were being paid the same amount of money. Now, I'm not saying that that's, he was apologizing for anything in that. I just think he was a stand-up guy who was trying to do the right thing. But that was something, that's that's an example where someone not, is uh, if somebody wanted to apologize for something, not just what are you apologizing but what are you doing to make it right how are you acknowledging that this was wrong and what are you doing to make it right and something to think about too is we were talking about earlier the compoundedness of uh you know Mm. apologies and clearing if you've done something wrong and we were talking about how sometimes screw-ups make our relationships stronger yeah it was a previous podcast episode yeah yes and it was the last one actually yes it was was. (laughs) (laughs) so much time has passed um but yeah, so let me get my th- thoughts back Sorry. on track. <laughs> <Squirrel>. <laughs> okay. um, but the fact that he had to come back to it 10 years later means it wasn't cleared. It was never addressed. Mm-hmm. And if it had been, he wouldn't have to readdress it. Janet, Brittany, anybody in their camps, right. the people making these documentaries wouldn't be referencing because it would have been handled correctly and it would have been 
cleared from both sides of it. it would have been cleared from the public standpoint it would have been cleared from the you know from the people that he harmed it would have been cleared from his standpoint but right. we're back at it 10 years later right nothing was done correctly the first time and actually the second time it wasn't either so no. and the irony of it is is that we're we're starting to live in a society where there is much more focus on doing the right thing and there's actually um, it, there's of, there's often a benefit of doing the right thing. I mean, I know, like, for example, the Benedict Cumberbatch situation. I, I As somebody who loves the show Sherlock, I was a fan. I've been a fan of his for se- um, se- several years. Well, fans, probably not the right word. I've appreciated his work for several years. Um, but when I saw that, I'm like, I would, uh, I'm, he's, he's gone up in my estimation. If he was doing something, I would want to support it because he's doing the right thing. And this is the thing is that so often there's so much focus on avoiding the mission of wrongdoing or responsibility when in actual fact when you like we were talking about in the last episode when you accept that you did you did something that wasn't okay and you take responsibility and you make it right at that point it actually works in your favor and that's the thing that kind of just blows my mind about this is that these people seem to be missing that actually this is an opportunity to improve your brand. Like it's not, and I'm not saying that's the reason you should be doing it. You should be doing it because it's the right thing to do because human to human, if you've done something to another human being, you want to make it right. You want to change it. You want to improve it. And you want to ensure that you never do that again. Like that's part of our humanity. But actually there are benefits to doing that when you've, when the, the, when how people will respond to you when you do the right thing often is way I mean that's far better PR than, than avoiding like a mission of get oh, let's tuck it under there and pretend it didn't happen kind of thing actually that can be really good for PR purposes and it can be really good for the brand but I think that we're only just now starting to get into the territory where people are actually understanding that and actually and it breaks my heart a little bit because there's that kind of question mark then now is like well are they doing that because it's the right thing it's because it's how they really feel or is it because that's the good thing for their brand um there's a lot of this kind of performative stuff that's going on in terms of like social justice and doing the right thing with companies and organizations and celebrities and what have you so we have to look at the the whole picture the whole track record not just one incident um but i yeah i, I think that it, people are missing the fact that this could this is something that strengthens you and the people's perception of you because they look at you and go yes i i would want to be i want to support someone who's doing that oh wait celebrities are human too did not did i not tell you that like i i thought oh no apparently yeah i mean <laughs> as shocking as it is and that's the thing is that so often it, it's kind of interesting how um when you look at situations that like they are human beings but we often expect them to behave in superhuman ways like britney's a great example of that where you look at what she was being put through what she was being subjected to i mean you take Look at the paparazzi situation, and I mean, we'll, I'm sure we'll go into this on an, on another uh, podcast. And uh, I'm not going to go down the rabbit hole because we could, we could. I mean, we could, <laughs> we could do several series on this topic alone because we both know the story very well. I mean, we would costume it too, <laughs> right? So. We would absolutely. Actually, oh, we might have to do it. Full Britney, absolutely. Oops, I did it again. Indeed. <laughs> <laughs> so. <laughs> Just, just for a second, let's look at the situation with the paparazzi. So here was a, a woman who was a young mother with young children. She was, it was um, believed that she was probably str- uh, struggling from postpartum depression. Um, she was going through a tough time. Now, forget that for a second. If you just take that out of the equation for a second, you just look at the paparazzi. 
And you look at how much she was being hounded and hunted by the paparazzi. Now you take the cameras out of the equation and you take a young woman who is probably her mid twenties, early thirties. It was in that kind of age bracket, um, who is being hunted and hounded and chased everywhere she goes, everywhere she goes by multiple and mostly men. Um, and quite often, sometimes middle-aged men, like older men, she was being hunted and hounded and chased every second of every day by a gr- by like a throng of men. I mean, we're not just talking about one or two. When you see the images, when you see the video of how much she was being hounded. Aggressive. Aggressively, yeah, absolutely. And like chased down every day. You take the cameras out of that. You look at it from a human standpoint and we expect her to not explode and respond and, and and be angry and be frustrated and be upset and we expect we hold them often to a different standard and, it, and that's what i mean about the consequence culture versus the cancel cancel culture we often they they are held to a little bit of a higher standard because they're in the public eye so if you're going to do something that is massively offensive to a large group of people you're going to be held accountable for that more so than your average joe who his audience is maybe the two blokes in his living room versus like a couple of million on Instagram. So of course there is like, there's an amplification of the consequences. But at the other extreme, there are still human beings and it's okay to make mistakes, but we need to make sure those mistakes are dealt with in a way that actually reduces not reduces, but um, addresses and makes amends for the harm that's been done and ensures that something is done to make, make it right in the future. And that it doesn't keep continuing in other exactly. situations and with other people. And yeah. in this case, other celebrity being like, oh, JT got away with it. Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's the other thing is that that environment of permissibility is that as soon as we say, we go, oh, well, that guy didn't have to apologize. It makes it feel like nobody else needs to do so too. So the more we hold ourselves to those higher standards and the more we demonstrate that and become those role models by doing it, um, the more we show that this is actually what the, the way to, to do things this is how to do the right thing. And I actually think you had a great example you were sharing about your ex that right. I think would fit in here really well too. Absolutely, absolutely. So um, one of the, uh, the, the situations that I often found myself in, which is um, where the person I've been with is focusing on the word sorry. Like, oh, um, but I said sorry, or like, can't we just move on? Like, we, I've, I've already said sorry. And the thing about it is, is that I'm not worried about the word sorry. The word sorry doesn't really mean a lot in that situation. I'm worried about it happening again. Um, and I remember having these conversations with, uh, with my ex where I said, I don't want you to say sorry. I want you to be sorry enough to want to change the behavior that is impacting me. Like if you are genuinely sorry, if you feel for another human being because of something you have done, there's that internal motivation to say, I, want, I, I don't want to feel this way again. And I know I will feel this way every time I do this to somebody because it's not okay. That, that feeling should become an internal motivation to say, okay, I don't want to feel this anymore. What can I do to make sure I don't do this to another human being? Because the reason I feel this way is because I don't want to treat other people like that. I don't want to impact them in that way. And so that's one of those situations where we can go, okay, it's very easy for, it's easy to say sorry. It is not easy to really mean it and to therefore show up in a way that says, okay, I did this thing. And here's how I'm going to show you that I'm not going to do it again. And this is why I'm not going to do it because I don't want to do it again because it doesn't work for me because I don't like the fact that I've done that. 
And that actually kind of leads quite nicely onto us talking about what we're going to be doing in episode two of this little mini um, apology series, where we're actually going to be going through how to apologize and do so in an effective way that actually meets everybody's needs better in the process, including the person giving the apology. Um, so, I mean, I know we could talk about this for like days to come because there are so many examples of this. Anything urgent that you want to like, like burning you want to add right now before we finish up for today? I really just want to repeat that last part that you were talking about. And it's, I want you to be sorry enough to want to change the behavior that is impacting me. Yeah. That is powerful. Mm -hmm. That That is what an apology is. And if you're getting an apology and it's not that you're not getting an apology. And if you're giving an apology and you're not, you're not planning to change what has just harmed or impact that person, you're not apologizing. Because you're not really sorry enough to want to change the behavior and that's what it comes down to. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I'm really excited to get to our next episode because this is where we're actually gonna break down what are the steps of an apology? How do you give an effective apology? What is necessary in order to make it an effective apology? Um, this is something that comes up so frequently, so I'm, I'm really looking forward to sharing it with you. In the meantime, I want to say thank you for being here. Thank you for watching. Thank you for listening. Um, we appreciate you. Uh, we love you. Stay safe. And we'll see you next time. And in the meantime, remember to keep meeting your needs. Lots of love. See you later, guys. Bye. That's it for today. If you liked what you heard and would like to see some of Serena's awesome facial expressions, check out the video podcast via Patreon. And remember, sorry is never the end. It is just the beginning. Well, shit. It really is that simple.